Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. Now joined by the one that's uh, number one in everybody's heart, Mr. Triple Double himself, Matt Muehlbach. Then John Schuster and Ben White live on assignment from Pauley Pavilion. All right, guys. Um, this was a tough performance right here. Arizona started out really well, um, but honestly, and uh, we're going to cede to the uh, the player here first, uh, Matt. This was a performance that just looked like UCLA wanted this a lot more than the Cats did. Yeah, no question. First of all, this is an all-star lineup right here. This is nice yeah. to, to see the, the group here. This is this is sweet. But, look, I think UCLA is a one seed. And, you know, I played in Poly Pavilion four times, lucky enough to win three of them. But, you know, it's a hard place to play. You play a one seed at Poly on senior day who's motivated – and I thought, you know, you you may be looking at the best defense in America. And look, I'll, I'll just say what happened. They bullied us. You know, they bullied Arizona. Um, and, um, you know, it's tough when you play there and it's tough when they play that hard and they play that physical. I thought last year that's exactly what UCLA did to Arizona. Arizona could combat that or they did combat it in, in Tucson. They combated that in the Pac-12 tournament. The one difference Arizona had last year, of course, they had three different players. They had three pros on their team that aren't there anymore. But the main guy was Ben Matherin. And when you when you get bullied like that, when they're so physical, I remember playing, when I was playing, we had Sean Elliott. And Sean Elliott could just get the ball. He just, he breaks down, he would break down defenses. And you think when you have a team that's that physical like UCLA, you've got to have guys that can break the defense down. And Arizona doesn't necessarily have that type of personnel. You know, they play a lot of high-low stuff. They play a lot of off-screen stuff. They don't have the guy like Matherin that can just physically and athletically take over a game. But like I said, hey, give UCLA credit. That's that's yeah. a that's a number one seed we just saw on TV playing against the Wildcats. They didn't Arizona didn't play their best, and it's it's a heck of a UCLA team. John Schuster. Uh, when Arizona gets bounced from the NCAA tournament, it will happen because they give up too many offensive rebounds. Uh, their defense is generally pretty good, uh, a lot of the time, but if they give teams second shots on an offensive possession down the floor, more often than not, that's going to be enough. And with all of the other numbers that we look at when Arizona suffers a setback, 
one that jumps out at you that is very unusual is that Arizona usually is outscored on the perimeter or, or rather on the interior. And although I don't know if that happened tonight, but I do know what happened tonight is that UCLA had too many offensive boards. And that's what happens uh, when, you know, a team that's supposed to have height and supposed to clear the glass as well as Arizona generally does. I think that's as much as anything the area that uh, Muehlbach's talking about in regards to being bullied. To me, that's the part that jumped out at me most. This is one of those games where if you don't have the physicality to get it done, there are a lot of teams that are just going to attack the glass against the Cats. And if Arizona can't do a good enough job cleaning that up, then it becomes um, it's going to be a tough night for them. And again, Matt's right. UCLA is... Whether they are, they're ultimately a one seed or they're on the fringe of the one seed, they're certainly worthy of being in the conversation. And I think they're a team that, by virtue of their physicality and the way that they play defense, uh, has a better opportunity to go deeper in this tournament because they match up well with more teams yeah. and match up well with some of the teams that Arizona might struggle with. That doesn't mean that I don't think the Cats can have a very successful tournament. I think they can because they're a different style of team. But... We saw today probably the one of the prime examples in the country of the type of team in different situations and even on a neutral floor that can give Arizona problems. And to me, the single one area is that you cannot give anybody second shot opportunities. And if they get those because of height, physicality, aggressiveness, athleticism, whatever the reason is, Arizona is going to be in for a difficult time. Ben White, live on assignment from Holly Pavilion. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Arizona, and we've seen it in stretches, whether it's in Pac-12 play, whether it's uh, earlier uh, last year, where when you guys don't have anything outside of what Tubelis is giving you, obviously 24 and, and, and 10 tonight fouled out and had some struggles down the stretch, but when the guards disappear the way they did, Arizona's not going to have a shot in a game against a team like UCLA, and I think she's exactly right. I think from a physicality standpoint, and Matt is as well, it was evident, I think, in the first half that UCLA was going to key in on Tubelis and just be physical and really make things tough for the guards, and Arizona just didn't respond. Courtney Ramey had as bad of a performance as you've seen from a guard, I think, in the country across college basketball just with the way that he played today with the five turnovers, and Arizona was just rattled, and they just didn't respond very well. And when that happens against a team like UCLA, you find yourself in a deficit where you go down double digits. You go down 11, 12, 13 points, and Arizona was able to climb back a little bit in stretches, but they just were not able to find any fluid offense outside of Tubelas, and that's just what killed them today. Yeah, Matt, and the thing about it, we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to Ballow here in a second. But you and I were talking a little bit about it, and this is uh, this is a, a testament to uh, this is a testament to uh, Tommy Lloyd right here in that this team, while certainly not bad, I mean you've got a star in Julius Tabellus, but you've also got a lot of role players right here, guys that you know. And the thing you always hear about role players is they can play t- they don't play well sometimes in road environments and you kind of saw that today and again that's not a diss towards anyone but um Courtney Ramey might have had his worst game as a wildcat uh Umar Ballo had a very hard time catching the ball um Kirk Creesa didn't play well said Henderson didn't play well this was kind of a perfect storm when you think about it right here yeah no i'm i'm with you and and, and i think maybe Ben hit on this or was was kind of alluding to this 
once they got down, it seemed like they lost. They, I'm not saying they panicked, but they kind of lost a little bit of their 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 ground. You know, their 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 uh, centering. You know, they like they there were a couple stretches where they didn't box out a free throw shooter, and the guy got the rebound. There was literally a one on one in the last two minutes that they they thought it was two shots and didn't do anything. Um, I thought the one you know, and for a team like them, look, they don't have three first-round NBA players. They don't have three or four NBA players on this team. They've got to do everything really well, which they've done. And I'll, I'll say this. Tommy Lloyd will not get the credit this year for what he has done with this team. On paper, this is a top-20 team. You know, No question, a lot of good players, like you said, Mike. I think there's some incredible, maybe between stars and role-player type players, but Tommy Lloyd has turned this team into a top-10 team and you know it's he's done a, a pretty magical job. However, like I said, in this game, on the road, a couple things they missed. You can't help off of David Singleton. David yeah. Singleton is yeah. the best shooter in the conference, the number one shooter in the conference, and one of the best in UCLA history. One of the he's an unbelievable shooter. I saw five, at least five examples where Arizona players helped on the strong side. And it's like if Tiger's beating the point guard, you're going to take that all day long to have Tiger make a tough two running into the lane other than helping off of Singleton to give him a pretty, I wouldn't say wide, you know, pretty wide open three. That was a, that was, those were, those were mental mistakes. Those are mistakes you can't make on the road for this team playing such a great UCLA team. So, you know, I think there's some great, in, in a way, I, I, for me, I've always loved teams that lose games late in the season because I think it's a great way to kind of get yourself grounded, get back to the film room, remind you of what you need to do, sort of get back to the details of things. And I thought, like I said, when Arizona got down, I think they lost track of the details a little bit. And that was one reason, even though, like you said, Ben, they kind of crawled their way back a couple times, but they really couldn't get back. Because, hey, back to Shoes Point, didn't box out at times. You know, we're kind of, you know, weren't tough enough with the ball. UCLA was reaching on every other play, if not every play. Um, so, a bunch of details. I think Tommy is such an incredible coach. Arizona right. has a way of responding to losses. Tommy's been amazing at their response to losses. Look what they did to USC the other night. And USC is a very good team. So, I think in the long run, hey, this will help Arizona. And and what you hope if you're an Arizona fan is they get a good matchup in the tournament. That's really the key from here on out. Yeah, all right. One thing, though, that we don't have to worry about right now is the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Now, you might say to yourself, Who's, is that Mr. Triple Double down there in the left-hand corner? It doesn't look like Pete Williams. It looks more like um, Matt Mulebach. You would be right about that. Now, let's just say that if you wanted to bet on somebody that could put together a triple-double, let's say, in the NBA or college, you would go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, or bet on an NBA game and put down $5, and you could get up to $200 in free plays. Give you an example. Pete Williams, a.k.a. Matt Muehlbach, is a big Golden State Warriors fan because his good buddy Steve Kerr is a coach there. Now, you might say to yourself, hmm, where, do I like the Golden State Warriors to win it? Matt Mulebach, do you like him to win it all? No. All right, he doesn't are like we, him to win it all. Are we being honest? Are we being honest here or no? <laughs> of course. Matt, you're a lawyer. We expect no. honesty. No. 
No, but, but I, I'll, I'll be rooting for them. And I'll tell you what, they got they got the best coach in the NBA. So yeah, I'll, I'll you know, hey, get in the playoffs. Just get in the playoffs. That's all we. That's all they need. Right now, I'm going to tell you to bet on the Phoenix Suns, though. I think they're the best team in the West. And you know what? If I can get them, uh, if I can actually turn them into a bad team, like John Schuster turned the Pistons into a good team last year, then. But again, check it out. Twenty-one and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Next Step. And one more thing. The Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Okay, you might say Four Peaks. That sounds familiar. You know what? Matt Mulebach actually mentioned that one time. And again, it's because the Four Peaks, it's good beer, and the Four Peaks are taken off. Um, it's the official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out. And check it out. The show notes in the link in the description. In Tempe, or you can come to the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties and get them as well, Four Peaks. Okay, um, Schuster, um, you know, I think Matt hit the nail on the head, whereas UCLA is – this This is a really, really good team. You and I were talking about this at the Tap and Bottle Watch Party. Um, this is a team that could go far. They match up, I think uh, – Arizona actually think matches up fairly well with them, but there's a lot of different pieces right there. Hawkins is really good. Tiger Campbell is really good. Uh, Jalen Clark – Hoping that he's okay, but it sounds like he might have a serious Achilles, a serious Achilles injury, so that that would stink. But if Arizona doesn't get a great performance out of these players, like Umar Ballo had to dominate down low. We talked about that. That's one of Arizona's big things. If you don't dominate down low against UCLA, a smaller team, you're going to be in a rough night because, again, UCLA's got players across the board. There was a uh, sequence uh, from about seven minutes to go and about five minutes to go when Arizona was on offense and Ballo was on the floor. And Ballo attempted to be a lot more physical than I think we've seen. And I think a lot of what you need from him, as big as he is, sometimes he seems to be still sort of a passive player to some degree. Uh, and, and I think there's, he's odd, there's an odd amount of finesse, even for someone who's seven foot and two sixty or whatever Ballow is takes up a lot of space can get some decent looks, but there were a couple sequence sequences by this time, Arizona was playing catch up and was down about eight to double figures pretty much, uh, throughout and just trying to get back into the game, but they passed it to Ballow and Ballow went aggressive to the rack, trying to dunk it. It seems to me that that's the style of play that would benefit him a little bit more when teams have that kind of style that just swarms a little bit. Screw you. I'm the biggest guy on the floor. Give me the ball. I'm going to the rack. And even if I shoot 57% from the foul line, you're going to pick up a foul. And we're going to dictate something physically on the inside. Uh, there, there are a lot of, you know, we've known this all year long. There are a lot of issues that this Arizona team has. And Muehlbach is right in regards to what it is that Lloyd has been able to do uh, to make Arizona viable and to give Arizona a favorable seed come NCAA tournament time. Given what they lost, it's impressive that up until tonight, we were talking about the realistic possibility that Arizona could be a one seed. Right. And even despite tonight, there's a realistic possibility that Arizona is going to be a two. The problem for Arizona, or the unfortunate aspect of that, is that they don't play in the West, and they're not going to have the opportunity with the fan base that may maybe could bolster them a little bit in some uh, friendlier, friendlier arenas. So they're going to have to work a little bit harder as a result, certainly, of this setback tonight. If you want to talk about a nail in the coffin in terms of the way that uh, the tournament's going to set up, any chance that Arizona had of staying in the West, I think, was sealed tonight when UCLA got the W. Which, which means that you're just going to have to go in another direction uh, to make something work. But there are elements here, and Ballo is one of those guys on the inside. Ballo didn't play well. We get it. Um, and it's frustrating. We get that too. 
but against more physical teams, just use your size and, you know, if you got to beat the hell out of somebody to get to the rack, then then do it. Uh, if they're beating the hell out of you and that's their game plan, give it back to them a little bit. On the perimeter, Ben noted, and it was obviously very key, Rainey just had a tough night. And, and one of the things that's kind of curious about Arizona is that the Cats like to run. They like to get up tempo. When things go well and when they can dictate tempo, they're really tough to deal with. The USC game, I thought, was a really good example of that. Arizona moves the ball very yeah. well. They get the guy to the right spot on the floor. And the Washington game at McHale, when they just destroyed that zone. Washington and USC really had no answer for what Arizona wanted to do on the offensive end, and the Cats could do whatever they want. UCLA's better defensively. They're better at disrupting. And when the Cats get up against a team that is good at that sort of thing, then you see what you saw tonight. It feels like Arizona rushes a little bit on the, uh, at the three-point line and, as a result, misses a lot more on the three-point line and then has to uh, rely a little bit too much on hoping that Tabellas can carry them through or that Ballo can give them uh, some benefit on the interior to keep them around. And in a matchup like this, when it got away from them against a veteran team that has Hawkins and Campbell on the roster, uh, you know, Arizona wasn't able, as much as they tried to get out of their rhythm and to pick up the pace and try to get back into the game, that, that, that's not, when they get out of their comfort zone, it's a problem. And we also yeah. saw tonight that Arizona isn't very deep. So when they are in a position where they have to press and have to get a little bit more desperate, that's just not their style. And it's going to be difficult for them to force enough turnovers to get back into the game. And, and that's where you miss Terry, you miss Matherin, you miss Coloco, who were guys who could do things that would force turnovers in certain situations and you could score easy buckets. Arizona this year scores a lot more easy buckets in the half court when things are going well. But when they get disrupted a little bit, then the offense clearly doesn't flow as effectively. For most, I, I, what was it in the end? Arizona scored a respectable somewhere in the 70s. Uh, but that number was a lot better than what Arizona was through most of the end yeah. of the first half and most of the second half. This felt really like happened. a 50 year, this felt like yeah. a mid fifties type. And, and, offense they were, and they were in the mid fifties and low sixties for a long period of time until things sort of opened up a little bit, but they really couldn't close the gap. Ben, let me, oh, what, yeah, was the, go, uh, what was the energy like there? Yes. Like, because again, Paulie generally gets a, a, a bad, a Paulie generally gets a bad rap, deservedly so, because they don't show up. But I'll tell you what, just watching the TV, there were two things that I noticed. That every time the basketball hit the rim, you could hear it. Second of all, the uh, the audience, I mean the audience, the crowd right there looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a sellout crowd. And I think when you look at what UCLA's done this year and you look at the matchup alone, I mean, it's a top 10 matchup. You would hope it'd be a sellout crowd on senior day. And I think the fans really had it in for coming in and making sure that their guy, Jame Hawkes, was going to be, if not announced here, the player of the year. I mean, it, it seemed like that was the energy. That was the focus. Let's let's get Jame going. Let's, let's recognize the seniors. And it's exactly what they did. It's definitely not something like Mikhail. It's definitely not, you know, some of these other atmospheres that we're going to be experiencing next week in Vegas, but it was a sellout crowd. Everybody showed up on the UCLA side and uh, it definitely was an advantage for them. And I think building off a little bit on the, on the guard side of things and, and shoe hit on it with, with Ramey, I think another person, and we're going to get to it. And it's really critical. I think when you look at somebody like Krisa compared to Campbell and you start to have that conversation about, what has Arizona struggled with the most in these types of matchups all year? It's experience, right? 
when you go up against a team like UCLA that has the three, four-year players that they have, they have the talent, they have the depth, and you kind of piece that together with Tubelis on the Arizona side, we start to have this conversation about somebody like Creesa isn't really in that same conversation as Tiger Campbell, isn't really in that same conversation with top guards uh, in the country. So you start to wonder if Arizona gets up against experience and athleticism, the two things that have given them trouble uh, in spurts this year, obviously against Houston last year. I think that's the bigger conversation moving into the Pac-12 tournament and the NCAA tournament is, is this a, a fluke performance or is this something that's very much a valid concern? I think I, I expected UCLA to win tonight I just didn't expect Arizona to get punked the way they did physically. And that's got to be the most concerning thing there, Matt. I, I want to get to this. I want to get to this question right here. Cause it kind of feeds right into what Ben was talking about with Matt, but a, two things got to pay the bills though. Mountain Mike's pizza. Now you might say to yourself, who's mountain Mike. I am not mountain Mike Oracle and Wetmore. Check it out right there. Matt Mulebach strikes me as a guy that likes pizza. Is this true? Oh Yeah. All right. Now it's not called Mountain Mats. It's called Mountain Mikes. But again, you could go in there. Are you saying? Are you saying I got to drop a few pounds? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm saying you need to gain a few pounds right there, Matt. That's what I'm saying. Get the high protein pizza right there. But again, Oracle and Wetmore, check it out. John Schuster has come on this very show. The John Schuster in the corner right there on this very show with a Mountain Mikes pizza uh, cup. As has William Brad Alice as well. But again, Oracle and Wetmore, check it out. Very, very good stuff. Matt Mulebach does not need to gain or lose weight. Matt Mulebach needs to gain weight. Mountain Mike's Pizza can help you out right there. And one of, Tap and Bottle. The Tap and Bottle Watch Parties. Now, guess who showed up? This is actually true. I was watching the first half at Tap and Bottle downtown, um, drinking some Four Peaks or some water as well. Guess who showed up and sat behind me for about 15 minutes, never told me that he was behind me, was just listening to me talk to my buddies? This man right here, John Schuster. I looked around, and John Schuster was right there, but it's a good environment. It's a lot of fun. Tap and bottle, the tap and bottle punch parties. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. Okay, back to hoops. Matt, question for the panel, and Sean always comes with some really good questions. UCLA is a top five team, absolutely. But it seemed like this was just their night. Senior night, last game of the year, role players going crazy. What do you? How do you think this game plays out on a neutral court? I think that's a great point. And if you remember last year, same exact thing happened, right? Arizona win. Arizona loses at Poly to start. Then they were a little more physical, had the home crowd at, in McHale, and then it came down to that neutral court in in Vegas. And I thought Arizona was, was as good or a better team than UCLA last year. Right. If I'm being honest, look, I think UCLA is a little bit better than Arizona this year. I, I would love to see it happen again. So now you have the rubber match, right? Both teams win at home, play T-Mobile for the championship and see what happens. And I think, I think we'd get to, to that question right there. I think we get a better read of each team so I think it obviously the neutral court does exactly what it says there. It makes it more neutral. I mean, look, refs are human. They go with the crowd. The crowd gets it going. Um, it, it, what's, what's UCLA won now? 25 in a row? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nation's longest winning streak, you know, at Pauly. So, look, Mick Cronin's a great coach, man. He knows how to coach. He knows what they – and they play – they play to their style and personality about as much as anybody in the country right now. Right. 
Shoe. Yeah, there are there are. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll work my way back here a little bit. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions on this show about how uh, we don't want Arizona to see Alabama because they're really athletic. We don't want Arizona to see Houston because they're really athletic and they attack the glass. All those things are true. The reality would be that if Arizona happened to see those teams, they'd have a deep tournament run. That that, that that's not bad. But those same teams, I think, would have real problems with UCLA. Mm-hmm. I, I think UCLA is yep. the type of team defensively that, and physically and from a veteran standpoint that can really be problematic for teams like that. So I think there are more teams out there in the tournament that UCLA matches up favorably with or competitively with than Arizona does. However, one of those teams is not Arizona. I think I, I think Arizona's size on the inside can still be a problem for UCLA on a neutral court. And, and and it's very much a style sort of situation. If UCLA, like it did tonight, dominates physically and takes uh, and gets second shot opportunities on the offensive glass, they're probably going to win. If Arizona controls the inside and has more comfortable shots from the perimeter, I think Arizona wins a rematch. Uh, so it, uh, it it sets up a very interesting game. Uh, at uh, if if it were to happen. I think it's ultimately a game that may determine seeding more for Arizona than UCLA, but most of that's out of the way, and I think it's just going to be a game that has the potential to be very entertaining, and they're the two best teams uh, in the conference. You'd like to see them play one more time. As as in control, I don't want to say decisive per se, but as in control as UCLA turned this game at about the 10-minute mark and then took it from there, Arizona did largely the same thing here uh, in the matchup in McHale. So as Matt noted last year, it's very similar. They were very effective doing what it is they do well on their home court. And now we'll find out who's uh, better if the matchup gets to happen. I think a lot of us uh, would like to see it. But I think Arizona absolutely has a chance in that rematch. Although generally speaking, I'd probably agree with Matt that I think UCLA's UCLA is better in that they match up more favorably with more teams. And I think as a result of that, they have a chance to make a deeper run. You know, one thing, Ben, I got to give a lot of, I don't, I want to get your take on this. I got to give Tiger Campbell and I put this out on Twitter. And again, I'm not saying that he's as good as Mike Bibby. That's not what I'm saying. He's not in the same league as Mike Bibby, but Schuster and I were talking about this. The way that he controls a game, though, you can look at the stat line and it's 15 points, five rebounds. But Ben, watching him there, to me, did it just appear that he was kind of controlling this game even though he wasn't putting up massive numbers? Yeah, I mean, I think as as good as Hawkes is and as good as UCLA can play on the inside – I think he is the engine to that offense. I mean, I, he's in command the entire time out on the court, and he's somebody who's obviously been around a long time. And when you're going up in a matchup, a top 10 matchup, last regular season game of the year, you know, heading into March, it's kind of the right time, right place where that experience just all comes together and clicks. I thought he is terrific, and, and he's one of those guys offensively He's efficient as they come from a shooting perspective, from a a scoring perspective. He knows how to get the ball inside. Defensively, I think there's some work to be done. And if Jalen Clark is is really going to be out significant amounts of time because of injury, that's something that UCLA has to be concerned about. But he's as good as a guard as there is in college hoops this year. He really is. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, I agree with that, Ben. There was a play late in the game 
where somehow I, I think it was uh, Henderson or, or Tiger got switched to Henderson. Henderson had it on the left wing. He tr- so he tried to back him down. And Henderson's actually a really good post up player. It's one mm-hmm. thing he does kind of, you know, secretly well that yeah. people don't know. He's very good in the block. And Tiger just like pushed him out, pushed him out, pushed him out. And and Henderson was trying to get into the lane, and he ended up shooting like a fadeaway kind of twelve footer. And I thought, man, that's just like people. A lot of people wouldn't know like like how good that was, like how incredibly impressive for a guy that's you know what is right. he, six feet um, to do that. And just that's and that's what they do. That's that's their team. You know, UCLA is weird to me because. Steve Alford recruited at a very, very high level, obviously. But as an Arizona fan, excuse me, I never really feared Steve Alford's teams, even when he was throwing out Lonzo Ball and a bunch of different NBA players. Mick Cronin really – Mick Cronin, I think a lot of people rolled their eyes at the hire of him. He was a big-time hire for UCLA there, Matt, because, I mean, he has brought – he's got players, but more so than anything, they're not an easy out. You don't – you don't they you don't get UCLA does not get pushed around anymore and under Steve Alford they got pushed around a lot yeah no that's that's a really good point Cronin I'll tell you what Cronin man and you go you go back look at what he did at Cincinnati and how those guys played we talk about bully ball and you know playing physical and so he did it there without the players that he has at UCLA now he has pros on his team and he's doing the same thing and um you know I I'll tell you what, he's a really interesting guy too. I think I think he wins the press conference every year, that the after the game press yeah. conferences. He's he's hilarious. And he's actually a super cool guy, like off the court. You see him on the court, man. He's and not not that any of these coaches aren't intense, but he raises it a couple levels just watching him over there. But off the court, man, he's a he's a really good dude. Funny, really smart. Um, fun to talk to. I saw him in I saw him in San Diego at the track this this summer. He's hilarious, and just just a cool guy, man. He's a really cool dude, and I, I understand, you know, because you see him, and I think you say, man, it'd be tough to play for him because he's so hard on his guys. But um, I can see why guys stay stay there. I can see why they, you know, nobody transferred out of UCLA. They were like the only Power Five, I think, conference did not have a transfer because nobody left. Right. And I understand why, because I think, you know, you, I think his players know that he, he has their back. Right. Shu, let's talk about a little bit about Umar Ballo, because th- first of all, Azulis Tabellis was fantastic. The last two games, he's answered, I think, questions about him. I'm still, I would still vote for Jaime Hawkins for player of the year. But um, Umar Ballo, if Arizona is going, because with the way they're configured, their big thing, and we've talked about this all year, is that they got to get 40 and 18 out of those two, out of those two big men right there. And right now, Umar Ballo is struggling. He's struggling to catch the ball. The game looked a little bit too fast for him. What do you see right out there from him, and what would you like to see going forward? Well, again, what I'd like to see, and I saw one of the comments uh, commenters making that a little bit, uh, bringing the nasty, I think, was the phrase that the commenter used. And and if you're Ballo's side, it's not his personality, but I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily, especially when four guys are swarming on you. You know, Ballo is often effective in sort of a, you know, a finesse capacity. He's big enough to get to the spots on the floor that he wants to, and then he's got pretty good touch. And he makes a nice hook here and a good, you know, gets a fairly open eight-footer that uh, works its way in. Uh, But it wouldn't be a bad thing to every now and again just see him go straight to the rack and say, the hell with you. 
and, 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 you know, results be damned. I think a lot of the concern about that, well, perhaps it's his personality. And secondly, it's that he shoots 57% from the foul line. And I think in critical foul shots tonight, he was two for five uh, in a stretch where Arizona needed him to make some. So that's, uh, that's certainly an issue, but uh, I liked that consecutively there were moments where he went for the dunk. And that is not something that I've necessarily seen out of him on a fairly consistent basis. When he is good and when he's a problem, Arizona's a problem because it gives them the two-prong interior advantage that not a lot of teams in college basketball have. It means that Tabellas can score on the interior and Ballo can score on the interior, and then your defense is playing catch-up because those guys are dominating and you don't want to give up gimmies, which then gives Arizona some open looks from the perimeter, and then you're really in trouble. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's absolutely imperative to Arizona's success. I've, I, I, I've thought this a lot throughout the course of the year when we were talking about, you know, who's Arizona's best player and so on and so forth, and I get the Tabellas conversation and have no problem with it. But Ballo has to be complimentary to make Tabellas better. And, and when he is, Arizona across the board is a better basketball team. And when he isn't, uh, it allows teams to be able to do some other things that uh, maybe make it a little bit more difficult on the Cats. As far as Cronin is concerned, uh, quickly, one of the things I think I like about him versus a Lavin or an Alford, I didn't feel like – I feel coaches always come in with some sort of philosophy, but as a player you got to buy into whatever that philosophy is. And I felt like Lavin wanted to be a little laissez-faire. He was able to get a lot of players, but, you know, it was – Sort of, it, it was too free form, maybe. And so, you know, when it got into the nitty gritty, they weren't as good as, uh, you know, they could have been. And I think that carried over to St. John's to some degree as well. And uh, with Alfred, I don't, I think Alfred wanted to do one thing and the players that he had were better suited for something else. And then when he tried <laughs> yeah. to, you know, the best example here is, is, is ball ball is, you know, and, and, and when you get that family and you're dealing with these guys who, you, you, you know, try to control the program, if you let a player control the program, you're in trouble. I think locally we saw this from a football standpoint with Khalil Tate at Arizona, with the Arizona football team. Yeah, yeah. And I think, and I think to a large degree we, we, we saw that under Alfred. Alfred kind of lost control of whatever it is that, you know, was and, – and generally to a large degree, you, you know, and – wouldn't talk about this and some other guys will talk about this behind the scenes as well. Obviously you need talent. You go out of your way to do whatever you can ultimately do to get the talent that you need. But sometimes if that talent doesn't really want to listen to you, then you're still going to lose in the first and second or, or, or second round of the tournament. And you're not going to reach the expectations that a lot of folks thought you should. Whereas a guy like Cronin comes in and in fairness, I'm really interested to see how good Cronin is when Hawkes and Campbell aren't on that roster. That's when we find out. So when he loses two All-Americans, you're curious about how good he'll be. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, how much at this stage have you benefited from great players already being on that roster? And does the next line of players, you know, get you to a point where you're just cranking out the machine and you're a one or two seed on a failure, you know, you're a 25 or 28 game winner on a regular basis. Uh, and, and if that's the case, then Cronin definitely has it going in the right direction at UCLA. Well, we don't know. Same thing with Lloyd right now. And, you know, Lloyd's got this group of players uh, to his credit. He had to be successful without Terry, without Matherin and without Coloco. And he's done a damn good job of it. But you know, at what point when, 
you know, he's got to ultimately continue to bring in his own players. Is it going to work to the level that we expect it to work at Arizona? All coaches go through this. But what I like from Cronin that I think was better than Alford and maybe better looking back on Eleven or some of the other coaches that went through, I feel like Cronin has an identity that the players are willing to buy into. And if you get that combination in addition to, hey, by the way, you want to play at UCLA, then you're pro- you probably have a chance to be pretty good. Ben, let me ask you this. You were talking, we're big fan, Matt Mulebach. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're big fans of the Del Taco cheeseburger here on the postgame show. Now, Ben White, did you bring our friend Bruce Pascoe a Del Taco cheeseburger like you promised you would on Media Row? I did not because Ben White was running late in uh, L.A. traffic. But in Vegas, I assure you, uh, Bruce will be eating Del Taco with us. Wait, Del Taco has a cheeseburger? Matt, they are the some of the best cheeseburgers you will ever come across. I don't eat any of the – is Hispanic food or is that the term? I don't eat any of the traditional Del Taco, but you've got to get the cheeseburgers at Del Taco. They are absolutely fantastic. That's the only thing you should get at Del Taco. That is. No, I'm telling you, Matt, you need to get okay. – I'll bring you because the great Matt Mulebach is going to be up in Las Vegas. I yes. will bring you Del Taco on the uh, set right there. The cheeseburgers, yes. you will not be disappointed. I, be, I will be waiting for that. I will All be right. waiting for that cheeseburger. Yeah, no, you're gonna you're and you're gonna get that cheeseburger right there. But let's Ben, let's talk a little bit about Kylan Boswell right there because again, there were some good things that came out of this game. But first, gotta gotta pay the last of the bills right here. Circle K, a new endorser of the PHNX Wildcats. We're going big. And that's what we're gonna do here. I still have to read this one a little bit because um, I'm new to it. Here's the deal. You can get uh, – we're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack and premium gas. Now, you might say to yourself, Circle K, um, hmm, what could you get at – What could you get at Circle K? You can get – you can get food. I don't know if you can get cheeseburgers, but you can get donuts. You can get delicacies. Guess what? You can also get Lottery tickets and And gas like I did today. At, at Circle K. There you at go. And and you know what? And there's Circle Ks everywhere. Let's just say that you like hanging around uh, Grant and Oracle. I don't know why you would, but there is a, there is a Circle K right there. There is. Right. Or you could go to the north side and go to Circle K as well. But, again, we're excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Uh, to kick things off, we've teamed up with an amazing giveaway. Listen to this. Text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. See show notes for details. Maybe you're like Matt Mulebach and you got a lot of different things going on. You know, you got kids doing sports. You're a lawyer. You got Pac-12 stuff. You're always at Circle K and you're saying, man, I could really use some gas money. Check it out. Put that in there right there. Circle K and one last one. We're going to get to Kylan Boswell. Illegal Pete's. Now. All the cool kids hang out at Illegal Pete's. We've uh, we made that uh, we made that clear. Go down to University right there. Great food, great drink, great scenery. Much of the time. Now again, the three of us on the uh, the corners right here are probably a little too old to go to Illegal Pete's. You might think, no, you're never too old to go to Illegal Pete's. Go there, get food, get drink, good. You got nachos, and again. Go there and have your eyes ready because, again, it's a fun place to go. I've been there with Ben White before when he has uh, been doing work, as the kids would say. So, again, illegal Pete's. All right. Now, (laughs) 
let's check it out. All right, let's let's talk Kylan Boswell right here. This kid's special. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was wrong. I was wrong about him. I I remember texting uh, Matt, and Matt never fell into this trap. I fell into this trap because I was like, man, I don't know. There's something something a little a little askew. Kind of looks like a fullback. Didn't look next level really at anything. But man, this kid, the more he plays, the better he gets. And I'm excited to see him next year get 30, 35 minutes a game there, Ben, than Matt. Yeah, it's going to be awesome watching him run this offense next year. I mean, he is the clear-cut favorite and, and should be doing that uh, next year. But, I mean, what he's done in terms of this year, I mean, he's a guy who I think you talk about spot-up shooting, you talk about scoring, but on the defensive end, just being aggressive, he's as aggressive as they get. I mean, he's a great you know, ball handler. He's a guy who he's not the tallest, but he does have enough length, I think, to make things happen on the defensive end. And when Arizona's kind of found itself in, in stitches where they're not able to score, they need somebody to step up. As bad as the guards did play tonight, he was that one positive and silver lining where he was able to come in. He hit some key timely threes that cut the deficit a little bit. It wasn't enough for Arizona really to be seriously considered back in this one. But like you said, Mike, I think the key with him is he's gotten better game after game after game. And by the way, did you guys know he's only 17? <laughs> Matt Milbach. Now, again, your job is to be the insider for Pac-12 Network. I am assuming that you knew that Kylan Boswell was only 17. Did you not? It was, it was like Nick Johnson we had to be reminded every game for three years that his dad was jumping Joey Johnson. <laughs> we weren't aware. Or that Mike Bibby's father was Henry Bibby That's and right. that they were estranged and that Virginia Bibby was up in the stands. Did you know that DJ Rodman has a father and his name is Dennis? <laughs> no way. No it's, sho way. it's shocking, I know. Man, you, you bring all the fact X information, Matt Mulebach. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about Boswell. Because I was a little bit with like you, Mike, a little bit. I was uh, unsure. No, I went too far. You didn't because you're the professional. I am not. I, I'll tell you why I waited. I'm a, and I'm going to tell you this story. And this is – I'm going to name drop right here, total name drop. But my buddy, Steve Kerr, coach of the Warriors, we were talking about uh, uh, some freshmen a couple years ago. And I think it was the kid that played at Stanford, Zaire Williams. Is that his mm -hmm. name? Plays for the yep. Grizzlies. Plays now. for the Grizzlies. And I, he asked me about him. We were, we were talking about a bunch of different players, and he he'll ask me about Pac-12 people. And I said I, I said I didn't really like him. Uh, you know, there were a lot of things I, I didn't really have anything positive to say. I thought he had a bad freshman year. I was shocked that he went out um, to the NBA, and then he was like, I think he was like the a top right. 15 pick. It was it blew my mind. And Steve Steve told me he said, Well, you got to remember, you know, these guys are babies. You know, you just can't. He said, I can't even evaluate a kid that's, you know, 18, not to mention 17. <laughs> so, right. Right. I mean, it's just one of those things. So I, I said, you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about it because we're all, you know, especially in today's age, we have so much information and video and everything. We're, I think we're all accustomed to saying, OK, I'm going to I'm going to judge how a guy reacts to different things. The thing I like about Kylan, like the game does not seem fast to him. You know, he never seems really, you know, sped up. Right. And that to me is probably the most impressive part. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. John Schuster, what would you say about Kylan Boswell? A the young Kylan things. Boswell. Uh, I've, I've, so, so, so I've heard he is not hanging out at Illegal Pete's, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, what, I, what I liked late in the game, oddly enough, and it seems simple, 
is that he felt like it felt to some degree like he was the only one on the floor or the one who was most willing to take a three pointer because he knew Arizona needed to make some big shots. And that willingness to recognize the game around you, I think, is something that is maybe beyond his uh, relatively limited year set. Uh, so so that that was something that it feels like he has a good in addition to the physicality and the you know, ability to do a lot of things. It looks like he's even coming into his own as the season progresses, which is a little bit more than I anticipated. Uh, but I liked that, you know, he he did not shy away from taking some big shots. And even though some of the, you know, there was one I think that clanked off the backboard that he shot from about 30 feet or something like that. But at that point in the game, Arizona needs something to happen. And 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 he was the guy who was willing to say, all right, if, if I'm the guy who's got to try to get this make this happen, then okay, let's give it a go. And, and I like that attitude, and I think that's an attitude that's going to behoove Arizona in a positive way in the years ahead. All right, everybody. Twins, uh, by the way, 18 and maybe even 19. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to sign off here. Now, we got we we went through the entire thing, UCLA, Arizona. We got our Del Taco references in, even though they're not a sponsor. Del Taco cheeseburgers, by the way. We had the great Matt Muehlbach, a.k.a. Pete Williams. When you see them walking down an aisle together, you have no clue which one's which. They're generally they're, – they're, they're hard to really differentiate. Ben White on assignment in there, giving us the goods. John Schuster hanging out behind me at Tap and Bottle for a good 15 minutes without telling me until I got up to get water. And then the great Jacob Franklin rolling his eyes in the background, all six foot eight of him. But again, everybody out there, really, really appreciate you all. This has been fantastic. And yes, Ben White can drink legally. Matt Muehlbach, I will be seeing you up in Las Vegas there. And the nice. first thing you will be getting is a Del Taco cheeseburger. Yes. John Schuster will be driving me up to Las Vegas. Ben okay. White will be flying into las vegas so the whole quartet will be there a but, week with mike luke my goodness pray for us listeners pray for you us. know it makes us all better because you know what they say that uh they say that um well i don't know i was gonna say something stupid right there but for matt muehlbach aka pete williams john schuster ben white jacob franklin i'm mike luke you've been listening to the az wildcats po- post game